0: Hi, I'm Melissa. Hi, I'm Kara, and you're listening to Cultivated Conversations, a space where we talk about life, family, work, where we're getting it right, and where we're getting it wrong, and what it means to live and purchase ethically in a fast-moving world. Grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, pull a seat up at the table, and know that wherever you are on your journey, you belong, and we are so glad you've joined us. Hey, listeners, welcome back to the podcast. We are on part two of our conversation with Anna Patak. She's an ethical fashion designer and an Indian adoptee. She was adopted in the eighties and she shares today her story of what life has been like as an adoptee and as an adult adoptee. This is a hard conversation, but it's a very important conversation. Since this is a hard conversation, just a warning, you may not want to listen to this conversation in the car with your kids. It's good, though. Here we go. Can we talk about adoption? Yeah, let's do it. This is, we had started following each other, and then I started opening up about our adoption a little bit more on Instagram. And then you connected and said, hey you know, if you ever need anything, I would love to, to help. And I had no idea that you had been adopted. And it's like, uh, yes, please.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I even had a friend that looked like your daughter and I was like, wait a Uh second. And I sent the picture, my friend who was also adopted from me, but they're from different areas. I mean, the likelihood of them being biological related is a little low, but you know, you never know. But I was like, oh my gosh. I sent it to Ani and I was like, Ani, look. She's like, wow, I act, we actually do look alike. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, I recently awesome. had it where there was a my friend. He sent me this picture from this horror movie, and it was an actress, and she looked exactly like me. Like, I immediately oh, got gosh. online, tried to find her, and I was like, like she looked spitting image. I remember to put a picture up on my Facebook of her, and I said, I think I found my doppelganger. And like, no, 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 that's your twin. That she looks exactly <laughs> yeah. like you. But it turned out it was the angle of the camera. I don't know how she – because I saw what she really looked like. I was like, she looks nothing like this girl. Like, she's not, like, done up or anything where the makeup would make her look different. But I remember I was like, whoa, I might have a twin out there. But then it turned out she looked nothing like me. I was like, oh, man, dang. Oh, well.
0: And did you – I think it was you that had – I've had a few people that have said, hey, she looks just like a friend of mine. But I think it was you that said they look alike not just because they're both Indian – prop that's something I would say. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank
1: you. Oh, yes. my gosh. They'll be like, Anna, look at this picture. She looks just like you. And I'm like, it's
0: because oh, she she's does not
1: <laughs> She does it. She does it really. Sorry. She's
0: gorgeous. So I'll take that part. But, yeah. yeah. So it. Yeah. That happened with my son. We were, um he was at work with me one day. He was in a different room. And I had my friend's son, who's black, with me. And they were like, oh my gosh, your son. And I was like, (laughs) no, this isn't mine. This isn't mine. And they were like, he looks just like him. And when I took him back to my friend, he was like, oh, it's because they're black. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. I'm just like. Yeah. There's so much that I just want to hear from you. But um, it's always being an adult adoptee. I just want to hear your heart and what you want to share. And we don't know each other very well, but one of the things I always tell folks when I'm asking about their personal story is if I ask a question that is too personal or you don't want to talk about it, I am totally comfortable with you saying, well, I don't want to go there right now, but yeah, um, because I feel like it's your story and I feel that way with my kids too, because people ask all the time about their story, but as much as you want to share, I'd just love to hear your story. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I was adopted from Calcutta, India at two and a half months old. And then I was adopted into a Caucasian family in North Carolina. And I grew up where I was sexually abused as a kid by one family member. Then parents divorced, mom remarried to a man who is physically abusive and emotionally abusive, verbally abusive. Um, and then later, uh, just like, I mean, there was so much in- instability, like, with... You know, my dad marrying a drug dealer and then being trafficked in high school, people are just like, yeah, you had it worse in You would have it worse in India. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I really do struggle with that sometimes because I'm just like, I'm like, God, why do you want me here? And then I heard recently that there was a lot of baby trafficking going on then Mm -hmm. within the orphanages, which is still very common. Uh And I was like, I remember I was like, really? I was like, watch. If I had been trafficked as an infant, I'd be like, really, God? Like, really? Yeah. I kind of got adopted into a rough situation Mm -hmm. like it was really really bad and I think there is a huge gap in the system for like this was in the 80s so like you didn't have the internet where you can really see who these people are like what their day-to-day life is like you do Mm -hmm. you know you do a home visit and you do some paperwork and that's kind of and some references and that's all you've got but when your friends are like they really want to have kids. They're good people. Like my brother died a year before I was adopted and both of them had been married before. My mom had been married twice. These are not the kind of people who should be adopting, honestly, or adopting that quickly. Because I think, like I said, I think there's a gap in the system because I see this issue all the time when Mm -hmm. people adopt. Because another issue I see is that people so desperately want to have kids cuz a lot of people who adopt can't have children. Yeah. And so they're so desperate to have kids and I'm like but the big but really what you need to be focused on is that you want to be a parent because right. along Absolutely. with coming with this is being adopted is you're going to have a lot of them asking questions when mm-hmm. like where's my parents? And then they might get angry like I know for a long time I was just like why didn't she want me? Why didn't she All that was on my paperwork was that she was a young, unmarried woman, which I kind of got lucky because this other girl had unknown. I'm like, well, you could at least say she was a woman. I don't think a man can give birth, but I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. So I really, really struggled with my identity. I wasn't around a lot of Indian kids. We did attend this camp, which I told you about. Yeah. It's called Spice Camp. If you have kids who are adopted from India, I definitely think you should check it out. It's for you and your kids to go who've been adopted from India. And while you're there, the parents take parenting classes, like kind of a support group to talk mm-hmm. about adopting your kids and the struggles with that. Like, you know, some might be having questions. The other ones have answered those questions. So it's a good support for parents. But then the kids get to learn a lot about Indian culture. Yeah. And growing up, I did do Bharatanatyam, which is like classical Indian dance. So that was something. And I did have a lot of Indian friends, but they weren't in my everyday life. Like, they were in Michigan or other states because we met at the yeah. camp. Uh-huh. It's not like now with social media where you can just keep in touch. So my school, right. the only other Indian kid in it was my sister. Uh, we were not adopted from the same family. So I think that... Which is a common question. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, are you two related? I'm like, she's super dark skin," And I'm just like, no. Nope. Are they real brother and sisters? Yes, yeah. Yes,
0: they are. <laughs> Are oh, they like where are your real parents? Real at? parents, yeah.
1: Drives the, I just look yeah. at them and I'm just like, well, my real parents are in North Carolina. Like, well, wait, I thought you said they were white. I'm like, they are my real parents. The people, yeah. the woman who gave birth to me is my biological mother. Mm-hmm. Different thing. So the yeah. the wording is so important, but a lot of people just don't know, and they right, don't know any better. Sure. So it's up to you to like kind of educate and be like this is inappropriate this is kind of how but that drives me nuts yeah so I think the wording is really important but the questions that pop up later I'm sure it's going to be so hard for parents but I think just being willing to just be open to that conversation open to Mm -hmm. them getting angry and knowing that there really is nothing you can do to control that because the answers you can't change those answers right right I think the other thing that drives me up the wall, like, I tell people I don't have a heart for adoption. I just don't. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, why? So many kids need families. And to me, it's like that's another person I'm related to on paper. Like, I just don't think I would have the ability to connect there. And I
0: think they're – it's just like when you see
1: people who don't want to have kids. It's fine. They don't want to have kids. Right,
0: like, right. Absolutely. I always tell people, especially, like, when friends are struggling with infertility or – and I know the adoptive community can be, well, they should just adopt or, yeah, you know, whatever you want to say. But I just always say, my prayer is always that God gives them the desire of their heart. Yeah. If that's to birth a child, then I want you to be able to birth a child because that's the desire of your heart. Yes. And if that doesn't happen and healing needs to take place before you even look at going down the road of adoption, you've got to have yeah. healing and counseling and be whole yourself so that when this child comes in that's been through trauma and brokenness you're able to be that safe place for them to to land
1: yeah I totally agree it just I wouldn't mind being a foster parent if it turns out like we can't have kids like I would not being a foster mind being a foster parent because I think I have so much to relate with them on that mm-hmm. the relationship I would need to have with them would be different if I adopted a child and maybe that's just I don't know, broken – I don't know, but. Yeah, I just – I wish I didn't see these consistent issues within the system because I think even, like, with my mom being married twice before and twice yeah. for two very short marriages, that was on – that had to have been on the paperwork. Like, yeah. that had to have
0: been. Yeah, we were asked that how many marriages, how many divorce, divorces just, and why were like, you divorced and mm-hmm. –
1: They had to have lied. Like, I don't know. But, like, it's just crazy. It's absolutely insane. and
0: That's um, so wild to me because I feel like we've had the same social workers for six years. They know, like, every medication we're on, every, like, every doctor's appointment we've ever been to, every... I feel like they know every bad thing we've ever done in our lives. And, yeah, that just is baffling. Even as much as adopted parents are screened and we had to do like 30 hours of training and then continuous training and still folks get through that it's not the right option for them
1: yeah and then you have to pay so much money to adopt kids i don't think people realize how much it costs like what like twenty thousand dollars or something or like ten thousand i can't That would be nice Yeah. yeah Like oh, it was more expensive for you? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is back in, like, the 80s, so that probably was considered a lot of money. But, I mean, it's a lot of money, but... Oh, um, well, for sure, yeah. Yeah. No, it just... Yeah, like, that should have been caught. Like, the only thing I can think of is either that they lied or that they overlooked it because, like, these people seem so nice. Like, they live in a good neighborhood. They are working. Like, um, they have good references. And yeah. I, I don't know, but like, I do know that if you called maybe a doctor's office at that point for records, maybe it would be easier not to disclose everything. I
0: don't know, but yeah. Yeah. I don't it know.
1: Just, it, you would think they would have been really thorough.
0: <laughs> yeah. And this, you know, a lot of folks will ask, like, they ask our family, how do you get started? How do you, what do I do? And I think finding the right agency is so important And for me, one of the most important things in our agency was ethics and making sure that the process was that we were just as much as we could know about the process, as much as we could know that our children were not trafficked, that um, this really is a true orphan that needs a home and family. And um, that was really important for me to know that our agency was ethical. Oh, and, yeah. And for me, when I'm a one on the Enneagram, so I like rules and I like people that follow rules. And when people say, like me. when our agency would say, well, we can't do that because we want to make sure everything's above board or we, or even when people would say, oh, you know, they're very strict. And I'm like, oh, good. I like strict. Yeah. <laughs> I like to know that like, I like to know what to expect too. So, which yeah. is not always the case in adoption, but.
1: Mm-hmm. Mine was Catholic. Well, the orphanage itself was Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have kind of a parent trap story though for me. So, oh. yeah. So, when we were at that camp, and my mom and I were walking through a garden, and this other woman and her daughter were walking through a garden. And the parent – our mom started talking. They're like, wait a second. Y'all came together from India. And so not related biologically, but – so in India – I don't know if they still do this, but like in the 80s, they didn't use baby carriers. They used baskets, huge baskets. Okay. So there were four of us. I don't – I just found out the name of the other two like a few weeks ago. Just wow. So I'm going to try to track them down. I looked on Facebook, couldn't find them, but there's other ways. And – um. Not like crazy ways, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, so we were like, "Oh, they're like, oh my gosh, you two came together!" Like, evidently, we flew, and each of us were in different DC airports. So I think that Anisha, no, I was dropped off first, then Anisha, and then the, she lived in New Mexico at that time. So her parents flew from DC to get her. So we're still, we talk, we're close. And uh, she's actually still in D.C. right now, but it's so funny. We call each other Basket Buddy. So, like, we haven't seen each other on our anniversary in, like, forever. And every year she's like, do you want to get together September 28th? And I'm like, it's always like, I can't go. Dang it. But um, (laughs) we know our friendship's not going anywhere. Yeah. That was kind of cool. We were just like, whoa. Um, And she has the basket. I haven't seen it yet. So oh, wow. um, we want to get a tattoo, each of us, and, like, get a little basket. I don't know where we'll put it. It could be tiny because we both work in, like, she works for the government. I'm probably going to end up working for the government at some point. But um, it'll be a basket with two A's since her name is Anisha and then Anna, and then uh-huh. it'll be our little basket.
0: Um, but she's great. That's awesome. She's really, really great. Well, what, what advice would you give adoptive parents as they're walking through? We know as our kids get older and they start asking questions – and wondering why they had to go to an orphanage, why they had to be adopted. What is your advice as we just parent and walk through those times with our kids?
1: Being very real with your answers, not being afraid. And I know that parents, like your number one goal is to always protect your kids Mm -hmm. and always keep them safe. And it's no easy conversation, but when they ask, being like, like saying well we don't know who she was but we mm-hmm. do know that the reason you're with us is because she loved you so much that she wanted you to have a better life she loved you that much and I'm like well yeah. she loved me she would be with me and be like well there were probably factors preventing her to but the biggest thing that a parent could do is make sure your child is safe and that's exactly what she did and yeah. making sure they see the loving part of that versus saying mm-hmm. well you know, she gave you up for adoption, you know, have better life, blah, 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 blah. like really drill that part into them. Um, Like, I don't know anything about my father. I really do believe I had two brothers. I really, I don't know where that Mm -hmm. comes from, but I believe I had a younger brother and an older brother. And it's just, I don't know, I just have the strongest feeling like I have visions all the time. Um, There's no way for me to track that. I kind of yeah. wish India. I know there's not really a way to regulate this, but like putting out in the news: if you put a kid up for adoption, please come to do a blood test and we match you. <laughs> um, but that yeah, would be we asked, that would be really cool.
0: We've asked um, about for Finny in Ethiopia if the birth family is open to it. You can meet the birth family. So oh, that's have, so cool! Yeah, we have met part of Tariku's birth family, and wow. we don't. That's about all we share. And we have um, taken steps to try to, as much as we can, have a relationship as much as they want to. But for Finney, we asked the same thing. Could we meet the birth family? Yeah. If they're open to it. And what they told us was because of the stigma of um, relinquishing a child, they, the orphanage and the courts are allowed to tell us nothing. Like, we have, like, three lines in her paperwork that essentially similar to um, what yours said. But they've said when she turns 18 that maybe we can petition the court for more information if the birth family is open to it. So.
1: I think that's so great. That says a lot about you as a parent because a lot of parents be like, well, what if they love them more? What if they want to go back? What if they want to keep in touch all the time? Like, you know, it's just hard. But. I think, yeah, if I had that opportunity, of course I would. I would want to ask yeah. her all these questions and be like, you know, who is my father? What happened? Like, you know, stuff like that. And it took a long time for me to come to terms with that, mm-hmm. you know, and where it's like I'm not going to know, and that's yeah. okay. But I do know one day when I die I'm going to go to heaven and God will have every answer I have a question right. for. And yeah. I do pray that she's a Christian. <laughs> I do, but I don't know if that would happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. And- And everything, but I do know that God will give me the answers to every single single thing that I have. I think something else that's important, and I'm sure a lot of adoptive parents think about this, um, is that making sure that you make their race a part of their regular life. So like I said, I went to the Indian uh, camp. Another thing, I had Indian dolls. Uh, Mm -hmm. I had them, um, not just white dolls. Right. Uh, when I was a teenager, this is, you know, way back in the day before the beauty industry caught up with the fact that beige is not the darkest color of skin. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, you literally had to go to, like, the, I don't know, department store and they might have a cl- color that's close to your skin. But thank God for Tyra Banks and Queen Latifah, like, changing the world Yeah. Um, with that. And so, like, making that a part, mm-hmm. like, showing, taking them show beauty products so they're their colors, so they don't feel like an outcast. That is one thing that my parents did right is that they made sure that I felt like Indian stuff, like Indian culture and my skin color was integrated. They did put me in a global studies school, which again had like, besides my sister had like one other Indian girl, Uh but, or no two, that was, you know, something is putting me in that like multicultural And then taking Baranachiam was really Mm -hmm. great. So finding ways. uh, Oh, and then on the day I was adopted, uh, you know probably what this is, Rangoli. And um, it. do you know what Rangoli is? I don't. So in India, they, like, they might do it in sand, but they just draw, like, uh, just a different design or something like that. And then it's, like, in a rectangle. And, like, we do that. um, We had a placemat that we had done it in every... We called it our joy day. We would eat. Like, we'd put our plate on there and then, like, eat and stuff like that. But definitely, like, look it up. It's really cool. Yeah. And then, like, learning, you know, like, a culture. But not just the culture, like, the folklore, the Ramayana. And it's, like, if you're Indian or you have Indian children, you probably know that the Ramayana is, like, the equivalence of the Americans knowing the nativity story. Like, everyone uh-huh. knows it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, you have mentioned something. And for our listeners who are not – adoptive parents and especially for our white listeners. I have heard this said a lot of times, like especially with white parents and their kids are people of color and they will say, Oh, I don't even notice their color of their skin. I just see my granddaughter. I just see my dear friend. But you've mentioned that like in your high school, there was only one other Indian and that was your sister. And yeah. you've mentioned that a few times. Well, elementary
1: elementary school definitely. Elementary High school, school had a school. few
0: more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's important to be our support system around an adoptive family, realizing that our kids notice. I mean, my kids are three and four, and they know that they look different than me. And when we are around people that look like them, they are so proud. And my son will roll up his sleeves and put his arm next to people and go, We're the same. Oh. And I'm That's like, you so cute. are. Yeah. yeah. And we just, um, this week, celebrated a year from when we picked up our daughter um, in Kerala. Yeah. And so we went to eat Indian food. And we actually, my husband's an engineer as well <laughs> and yeah. loves spicy food. There you go. <laughs> he works with a lot of Indians. And so we have lots of friends from his work. And so some co-workers went out to dinner with us and... The owner of the restaurant, he came out with pictures of his kids and was showing Finny how similar she looks to his daughter. And our kids are seeing that. They're not – we think it's years and years before they're going to notice, but my three-year-old knows that she looks different than me.
1: Yeah, what really sucks is, like I said before, when people are just like, you're not Indian, you're American. And I'm like, no, I'm Indian. And the sociology major in me is like laughing because in sociology – your race is determined by where you were born. Your ethnicity is determined by what you grew up in and um, like the okay. culture that you grew up in, like, are you American or whatever? So I guess Indian American, but like, they'll be like, Oh, you're not really Indian. You weren't raised by Indian family or anything like that. And I'm like, yeah, I get that stuff a lot. Um, and I'm just like,
0: our listeners should see my eyes right now.
1: Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. My it's head. just ridiculous. So yeah, I think that is really great when you're just like, I don't know, when you're like, um, you know, the skin color doesn't matter, but at the same time, like, maybe also finding passion about their, like, their country, and mm-hmm. really celebrating that with them and be like, you know, I think this is so cool that you can wear this sari, or, I don't know, I just think this is really great, Could we do it together, like, Ringoli, or... Um, yeah stuff like that or putting them in dance classes. Ugh. But yeah, like it just, I think it is really, really good. I actually had a friend. This is one thing about adoption. I think that if you're going to adopt when you already have biological children, you need to really, really, really be ready for a lot of abandonment stuff. So,
0: just the hardship of being the one that looks different and well, not
1: storyline. Yeah, that definitely. And I think it's hard to understand unless you are adopted what that's like. Because yeah. it's just, you're always, you just, they'll be like, oh, you have their mannerism. But then they're like, oh, look at all you guys. You have such pretty eyes. And I'm like, oh, yours are different. And just, because you also have to remember that when you meet people, they don't know the lingo when it comes to adoption. Yeah. They also don't know how yeah. to approach kids who are adopted. They don't know how. So you're also going to have them dealing with, you know, people every single day who just don't get it. Yeah. And, um. So what's yeah. your
0: suggestion there as um, we're out in public, and people don't know how to oh, gosh. how to approach adoptees. How give us two or three suggestions on an appropriate way. I mean, the first one is we don't have to talk about it if you don't if you don't yeah. know the child. You don't have to bring it up.
1: <laughs> I have a funny story though. I was in the airport. I was like a toddler, and I was running around, and my dad was trying to catch me. They thought he was trying to kidnap me. I'm always concerned secure. about that. <laughs> brought him into security. And they're like, no, this is my daughter. Like, how will you prove it? I don't think he had like an ID for me right. or anything. And so they brought my mom in and they're like, no, 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 This is our daughter. They really thought that he was trying to kidnap me. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness.
0: Especially back in the 80s, it wasn't as much in the limelight or culture. Yeah. To see oh, adoptive gosh. families.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So it was just, I think when it comes down to it, like you said, don't treat them any different. Just be like, yeah, don't. they don't have to talk about it. Just treat them normal. I mean, if you do feel kind of awkward, you're like, oh gosh, I don't know how I should treat them because you don't know how to treat an adoptive family. One, either don't treat them differently. If you feel really awkward because you feel it should be brought up just because like some people, they see something different and to them it's brand new and they're like, "Eh." Mm -hmm. Be like, you know, she has the most beautiful hair, you know. Or be like, is she is she Indian? Because I have some friends like just bringing up that way in like a non awkward way, um, yeah. And where it's asking, and you don't questions. have to ask,
0: is she adopted?
1: Yeah, and yeah, that's exactly it. Like you don't have to ask is she adopted. Be like, she has the most beautiful hair. Is she from is she from India? And then you be like, man, I wish I was from India. A lot of people tell me I get the skin, I get the hair, like that year round tan and stuff like that. So I do, um, like I said, it took me a long time to come to terms with being Indian. Like my self portraits yeah. when I was a kid, you know, when kids like they're asked to draw themselves, I was blonde hair, blue eyed. Like that's what I wanted to look like. It took me a long time to get to How that How did point. you work through that? I think coming to terms with that, I would never get answers, uh, about what happened to me. I think it came also from, you know starting to be around more Indian people because like in elementary school I mean like I said I was like the only one Mm -hmm. um I think it came from from growing into understanding who I am to finding things that I love about myself being around other Indian people um seeing the beauty in my culture yeah stuff like that I also struggled with like an eating disorder for a long time in middle school and high school so that was the issue I mean I just had so many problems because of the things I've been through like It's just, yeah. Like, I get this a lot when I share my story. They're like, wait, that was with your adopted parents? They just assumed everything happened in India. It's like, no. And they're like, what the heck? Like, they're so shocked and um, and
0: everything. Just because we've adopted doesn't mean that we're this shining, shiny family or should be on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. It's we are broken people and need our family is very big on getting any support we can. Yeah. We are huge advocates of counseling. And I mean, we, this year has been hard with Finney and I know the first like three or four months I had my social worker's phone number on speed dial. Tell me what to do. Oh, I bet. (laughs) Tell me what to do. Please help. And none of that to say like, it just was a hard transition for all of us and parenting well and experiencing joy together was hard at times and we needed everybody that could, had some training and some yeah had support we were calling on. So,
1: yeah. And I mean, the other thing is like also knowing that there is nothing you can really do about the questions that are coming your way. Yeah. In the comments, yeah. like eventually one day they are most likely going to get angry, and be like, "You're not my real, yeah. real mom. Why don't I have to listen to you?" Or I'm think there was a while where it's like, "I'm gonna go back and find my mom, and you know she's probably yeah. better than you." And you know those things are probably coming, and it's gonna be heartbreaking for you. But just remember, it will pass, and remember that you are you were given this child for a reason, but also that like. You are capable as a parent, and even if you had a biological kid, you're going to have just as big of issues. You might have the, not have that comment come up, but mm-hmm. you're just going to have you're going to have different issues that you have yeah. to face as a parent. So it's like you just have a you know you, at least you know what's coming. Like you know it's coming. The kids, with biological <laughs> yeah. kids, you're like I don't know what's coming, but we'll figure it out when we get there. Like you know yeah. it's coming. So that's a perk. That's a perk. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and I always think yeah. too, like. Obviously, my family is pretty um, new to the journey four or five years in, but even, I mean, my son has already said stuff that he is just in the moment saying it and not, it's not, yeah, whatever, but working on myself and my own identity and me being whole as a person and healed so that when, when my child is going through hard things, when they're asking those questions, when they're saying, I want to go back to India, or I want to go back to Ethiopia that I'm able to sit with them and where that is a hurtful comment I have worked on myself and my wholeness and healing for the things in my heart and the brokenness in me that I can sit in their brokenness and not but not allowing that to just continue to break me down but being able to sit with them and journey through that season with them. Thank you so much for opening up about adoption and your story there. I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, hopefully we can do another one at some point about adoption because I think it's a really good topic, especially for your listeners. If you are right now in the process of adoption, just make sure that you, like we were talking about, you're working on yourself because when that baby comes, just like if you had a biological child, they're there permanently and you need to be working on yourself to make sure that's good. But Mm -hmm. if you are – and desperately, you know, just wanting to adopt, really sit down and check your heart and see, is it because you want kids or because you want to be a parent? And yes. if anybody ever has questions, I'm sure you'll tag me on social media. They can message me. I'll be happy to answer questions sure. and give you encouragement.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's even as, um, I, like, bystanders or just if you're talking to someone that's wanting to ad- adopt or wanting kids not just saying oh you should just adopt oh you should just
1: yes um that
0: it's a to be prayerfully considered and seeking advice from people and really really taking stock if this is going to be right Mm -hmm. and the right path for you and the thing i love about my social workers we have two and the first thing amber told us was i'm not trying to find the best kid for your family I'm trying to make sure that you're going to be a healthy place for a child. So good. And so it's not about finding you a child. This is about making sure that your home is a safe place for, and that your family is a safe place for a child to be a part of your family. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where Josh and I were like, okay, I like this woman. (laughs) She's straightforward.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's good. If you... I definitely think pray and I know everybody wants babies, but there are a lot of kids out yeah. there who teenagers and, and that mm-hmm. is such a hard age, but it will also be so rewarding to have that bond with them at that age and be the first person to have that bond with them. Yeah. So I think just there's a lot of different options with
0: adoption.
1: I keep rhyming. Uh, <laughs> adoption. So, uh,
0: yeah. And thinking about special needs too. Yes, Definitely. And that's, I don't know if you know this, but um, India now, you can only adopt special needs. What? If you're not, yeah, if you're not Indian nationality, then you, um, your only option is special needs. Really? Well, um, we always close our show out with the same questions. And the reason why we do these questions is because I always joke that this is what it's like being friends with me. We're going to go deep and talk about um, injustices in the world. And then we're going to talk about the new shoes that we bought. Yeah. Um, so um, tell us an ethical brand or eco-friendly company that you have recently found that you're just loving.
1: Okay. So. Or just a
0: current favorite.
1: Yeah. So one of my favorites, has been my favorite for a year and I am designing with them. It'll come out eventually. Um, is Citizen and Darling. They are based out of LA. I'm big on like graphic tees. um, Uh And if you ever see on my thing, I'm wearing a sweatshirt with Freedom Fighter on it. That's Uh theirs. Okay. Um, And yeah, they've only been around for a few years, but they're definitely in, you know, the early stages because now that she's pregnant, it's like, you know, but I love them, love them. They want to do an overcomer T-shirt, so that's your sneak peek. That we're gonna do an overcomer, a top with overcomer on it. One of the advocates in ethical fashion that I've been really loving. Well, there's two. One of them, her name's Monica Watkins. She's the founder of Beauty for Freedom, which is a nonprofit in New York. Um, They Mm -hmm. actually go to Calcutta and they work. They give cameras to the kids who go and take pictures and things like that just of their lives. And then they, they just do healing through the visual arts with the nonprofit mm-hmm. there. It's really awesome. They also do work in Ghana. Um, they have a huge Ghana project, and she's just killing it. And I actually will be on their advisory board soon, and I just love them. The other person I love is her name is Samada. She is the founder of co-founder of Red Carpet Green Dress which is a okay. organization in LA that makes eco-friendly dresses for celebrities to wear at the Oscars. And but she is amazing. She also just had like a little baby and um she's just a delight, but she also founded this incredible platform called The Tribe. And it's just a place for women to come, but it's just got so many great elements to it. Um for it's just a place for women to come and feel safe to just share about their struggles, to be open She interviews women all Mm -hmm. over, um, and she's based in London, so she goes back and forth from London to L.A. So I just love those two women. I think they are incredible um, and just really working hard and girl bossing it, and um, I just love what they're doing with each of their ethical stuff.
0: Yeah. So tell us about a recent purchase you've made, ethical or not ethical, for your home or for your wardrobe that you're excited about
1: it's not an ethical purchase but i didn't really have a choice because it was a gift card so it was a gift card to old (laughs) navy and i remember i tried on the dress and i was like i love this dress but i feel bad it's not ethical i but i looked at the gift card i was like well i can only go to old navy so yeah either like i was like i was kind of forced to do it but i'm just i'm such a girly girl and it's funny because i used to be such a tomboy but that was before Mm -hmm. i walked in like walk to my freedom and like really learn to love myself and have that self-worth. So that was definitely a recent purchase. And then Liam got his freaking haircut. And so, cause he was so matted, my labradoodle. And, um, so I was like running around looking for a sweater for him. So we ended up getting a toboggan and like cutting holes in it. And it is clear <laughs> that I know nothing about like the whole construction of design. Like he was just like, Walking around, and baby sister ripped it off, so he had to wear his Chewbacca costume. It was just a whole mess. So
0: <laughs> I those had are to two wear purchase. his Chewbacca he, costume. It was the only time that
1: awesome. they kept him <laughs> <that laughs> warm. It was like a Halloween costume from like <laughs> two years ago. We were like teddy bear Chewbacca, teddy bear Chewbacca, and we were like Chewbacca. Um, but he was off to send you a picture. You could maybe post it in the store yes. or whatever. Oh my gosh! And then he had to wear this little hat. He was so cold. Because um, in North Carolina, you know, it'll be like 10 degrees yeah. one day, the next day, it'll be like 60, and you're just like, Bleh. yeah. Same Glare. here. Same here in Tulsa. Yeah. yeah. So it's just crazy. And
0: tell us about a purchase you're looking forward to making or something you're looking for to add to your wardrobe.
1: <sighs> More shoes. Because Ava <laughs> ate them. Uh, what else am I looking forward to buy? I mean, I'm just always into clothes, although I'm really excited. I have a section in my closet now of designs that I've done. I am so excited. I was like, I'll send you a
0: picture because I'm super pumped about it. I was like, ah!
1: But um, always.
0: That is so awesome to have a section of your closet that you design the clothes and you get to wear them anytime you want. I thought it was the coolest
1: thing ever. I was like, look at what God did. Um, My favorite quote is, if your dream can be done without God, it's not big enough. That and then if you are struggling. Even if you're struggling, that doesn't mean you're failing. So those are my two mantras. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I think it's definitely good for moms. Just because you're struggling does not mean you're failing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, like, I don't know what purchase I'm excited about making. Um, I'm just always like, man, I wish I could buy a new moisturizer or something. And My husband's awesome, so I don't know if you know at Sephora you can sign up as, like, a beauty, beauty insider and because i love makeup and yeah. um and he signed up as a beauty insider there so i could get his birthday gift so his birthday's in January, <laughs> and is july so technically i have six months to like use it all up and then i get my new one so if you are married or whatever your husband can do it he won't look crazy like takes a secure man
0: <laughs> so, yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. that's awesome looking for new makeup and some new shoes oh Oh my gosh yes
1: (laughs) yes keep up with the fun the craziness on instagram because i always have a story with my dogs. always like
0: oh my gosh always well thank you so much for coming on today i really appreciate it i enjoyed getting to know you a lot better and letting our listeners sit in on our conversation
1: yeah great being on here it's a lot of fun a lot of fun
0: all right well we will um post all the links, all the brands that you talked about in our show notes. So all of our listeners can go. We'll also post a link to a few other, um, podcasts that you've done. If they want to hear more of your testimony and story.
1: Yeah, sounds good. I look forward to connecting with everybody. It'll be great.
0: Thanks for listening today, friends. This was a raw and honest conversation with Anna Patak and I'm so thankful for her generosity to come on and share her testimony, her story, and her views on how things need to change in the adoption world. Next week, I'll be talking to two adoptive moms about our journeys of adoption in the meantime. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, subscribing to the podcast, and you'll get all the show notes online at cultivated.fashion have a great week